For the last week, I put out around one podcast per day. But last night, I put out two extra ones. And after I finish this, I'm going to put out four at once. And I wanted to explain why I'm going to do that. So I was doing one per day because most people like that better. And it's not very hard. It's, uh, it's going slightly out of my way, but not very much. It doesn't make much difference to me. And so I was trying it out. And I don't think it's a big deal to do it that way. But I think it is a little bit of pandering to people's flaws. And like subsidizing them staying bad, um, it's making, it's reducing the consequences of their flaws. And the flaw is they're bad at time management and organizing their time. And they do way too much stuff like right when it comes out um, instead of deciding and di using archives. So like imagine if I did seven podcasts a week and I did released all of them on Saturday and none on the other six days. A lot of people would see that on Saturday and they'd listen to say three and then they'd run out of time and then they'd never listen to the other four and they wouldn't listen to any other podcasts on the other six days of the week. That is a common thing people would do. And there's other people who would do a less extreme versions of that, but it would still make some difference in that kind of direction where they're more likely to skip some of them because they came out as a group. And they're more likely to forget about them on days where there isn't a new one released. But it's not my job to manage people's time and schedule for them. They should do it themselves. It's They're better off learning how to engage with things on their own schedule at their own pace instead of doing it at the schedule it's released. Like they should have their own schedule and they should follow it instead of using my release schedule for when they listen to things. Um, they should live their own life their own way instead of just defaulting to like when things happen to show up. Um, but all of that is of secondary importance. There's a principle I use for deciding this kind of issue that I think is important. It is, what would be best for a really exceptional person? Never mind the, the questionable people and whether going a little out of my way to help them is a good idea or a bad idea. Um, the more important thing is just I want to make things that are good for the very best people. That is the audience I care the most about. Um, what effect it has on them or what the consequences are for them is more important. And so the answer to that, I think, is pretty clear. An exceptional person would prefer if I just released everything when it was done, and then they have the option to listen to it sooner or in a batch if they want to, and they can spread it out if they want to, and they have the option either way. And the whole issue of like needing it spread out for them because they won't spread it out themselves does not apply to an exceptional person. There's no downside for an exceptional person to just get it all released at once and then go through it on their own schedule. So I'm going to do it that way. Another example that's kind of similar is for my newsletter. Um, the subject line is always just fallible ideas newsletter. And a lot of other newsletters have a different subject line every time and they try to say something interesting to get your attention and get people to click on it. And I don't do that. And trying to get people's attention with every subject line would increase readership. But it would be pandering, I think. And my thought is the best people wouldn't care. It wouldn't make any difference to them. They say, 
oh, there's a new newsletter from Elliot. I think Elliot's stuff is good. Um, so they'd want to look at it regardless of what the subject line said. Like you don't have to get their attention extra with the subject line. They just wouldn't care. So I don't bother writing subject lines because I think the best people wouldn't care one way or another. And I noticed that I get YouTube notifications, like King Michael just uploaded a video, that's a subject line. Um, and it doesn't say what the video title is in the subject line, and I don't really care because um, I like that content creator. So like I've, I've made a judgment by the author, not by the individual video title. Well, I do skip some of them. Um, once you click on the notification email, I see uh, some of his stuff I don't want to watch because I don't think he's like thoroughly consistently good. Um, well, that's not related. He makes some content that doesn't interest me. It doesn't really matter. It's, he's not like an important person. I'm not recommending him or anything. It's just the same kind of thing as um, my newsletters have headlines in them, like, um, I mean, section headings. So it'll be like, this section's about this, this section's about that. And if someone said, oh, I'm going to skip the politics section, I'm less interested in that, um, you know, that's fine, that's not a big deal. You can, you can pick and choose which content you want to look at. But if you need to be, like, manipulated into stuff by having, like, an exciting subject line, like, click here, learn this great secret or something, then... Um, that's bad. Like you shouldn't be getting manipulated by clickbait and I don't want to do clickbait subject lines. And it's, I think that's the same kind of issue as trying to manage people's schedules for them with, by releasing podcasts at times that are good for other people to try to like help them with schedule management. So I'm not going to do that. Regarding helping the best people, the most exceptional people, um, there's a Rand quote that I'm going to find that I really like about that. So this is one of my favorite Rand quotes. And one of the things that's notable about it is no one else discusses it, no one else ever quotes it. You can like Google it and just no one cares, no one notices. Um, and that's true about a number of my favorite Rand quotes. Um, like, there's quite a lot of Rand quotes in the world that people repeat and stuff. And a lot of them are from um, Alice Shrugged and the Fountainhead, and there's some other ones. But, like, I think a, a fair amount of the best ones are just completely ignored and don't get any attention elsewhere. So this is from The Return of the Primitive. The essay is The Inexplicable Personal Alchemy. And so I'm going to read uh, five paragraphs. Who can take any value seriously if he is offered, for moral inspiration, a choice between two images of youth, an unshaved, barefooted Harvard graduate throwing bottles and bombs at policemen, or a prim, sun-helmeted, frustrated little autocrat of the Peace Corps spoon-feeding babies in a jungle clinic? No, these are not representative of America's youth. They are, in fact, a very small minority with a very loud group of unpaid PR agents on university faculties and among the press. But where are its representatives? Where are America's young fighters for ideas? The rebels against conformity to the gutter, the young men of inexplicable personal alchemy, the independent minds dedicated to the supremacy of truth. With very rare exceptions, 
They are perishing in silence, unknown and unnoticed, consciously or subconsciously, philosophically and psychologically. It is against them that the cult of irrationality, i.e. our entire academic and cultural establishment, is directed. They perish gradually, giving up, extinguishing their minds before they have a chance to grasp the nature of the evil they are facing. In lonely agony, they go from confident eagerness to bewilderment, to indignation, to resignation, to obscurity. And while their elders putter about conserving redwood forests and building sanctuaries for mallard ducks, nobody notices those youths as they drop out of sight one by one, like sparks vanishing in limitless black space. Nobody builds sanctuaries for the best of the human species. So will the young Russian rebels perish spiritually if they survive their jail terms physically? How long can a man preserve his sacred fire if he knows that jail is the reward for loyalty to reason? No longer than he can preserve it if he is taught that loyalty is irrelevant, as he is taught both in the East and in the West. There are exceptions who will hold out no matter what the circumstances, but these are exceptions that mankind has no right to expect. So what stands out to me the most there is the line, nobody builds sanctuaries for the best of the human species. I think that's important. I think there's something really bad about how people are more interested in helping the poor, the needy, the third worlders, and the mallard ducks and the trees and the spotted owls, um, causes like those, redwood forests, than helping smart young people or just good people in general. The good people deserve it more. And helping them makes a bigger difference. If you help someone who's really good um, to be better, there's like a force multiplier. Like, because they're doing bigger, better things. And if someone really important does, some, does like a great thing, but they do it even greater, like a 1% improvement for something like big, important, and great is like a big improvement. Whereas a 1% improvement for like a poor loser doesn't make much difference. It's, like if you help Steve Jobs make Apple like 1% more effective, um, that changes the world. That helps a lot of people in a huge way. Whereas if you give someone like 1% more food stamps money, um, it just doesn't make that much difference. So there's like an efficiency argument. That's not the main point, but it's notable. The main point is that people are kind of hateful of ability and goodness. Hateful of the good for being the good, that kind of thing. Um, and people are anti-intellectual also. And a lot of this is an intellectual issue that they don't want to help um, intelligence in particular. Um, they rather do charity for other things like medical illnesses and um, poverty and trees and animals, but not for intelligence. So part of my goal is to build a sanctuary for the best of the human species. I have a series of websites, a discussion forum, the, the, the discussion forum in particular, um, you can interact with other interesting people. I think there's a lack of decent forums in the world where you can get intellectual stimulation, get your questions answered, get help. And I think that's something really important to have available for the best people who have questions and are curious and haven't given up on learning things um, and are actually smart and capable. Like I want to help those people. So I try to make 
essays they would like, podcasts they would like, do things in ways that would be better for those people. So they would notice me. Like I want to stand out to the best people, um, even if it's uh, even if I alienate a lot of other people. I'd prefer to do something that stands out positively to someone really, really exceptional, uh, even if I lose a lot of audience over it.